The Christian journey may not be easy, but you never have to go it alone. Pastor Xavier Reese with The Simple Truth. We must be careful not to be in a hurry to do the work of God until we have waited on God before we make decisions, before we do different things. We are not to become presumptuous, but for the most part, we seek the Lord and we wait upon Him for Him to direct us a step at a time. If God's in something, then God makes it work. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. It's been said that 10% of the people in church do 90% of the work. Well, unfortunately, that's never been a part of God's plan. Today, Pastor Xavier shares some simple truths for serving, which are biblical and effective. Let's join him for today's study from the Old Testament book of Nehemiah. A young preacher thrilled his congregation with his first sermon. His challenge was to gird up their loins for Christian service and living. At their dismay, he preached the same sermon the following Sunday. When he confronted them with the same ringing message on the third Sunday, his flock felt something must be done. Don't you have more than just one sermon, they said? He blurted out back to them as they blurted to him, Oh, yes. He said, quietly, I have many sermons. I have quite a number, but you haven't done anything about the first one yet. It's easy to come to church and we score the preacher. Well, that one wasn't as good as last Sunday. That was okay. But it's for us to be doers of the Word of God. The church often today looks more like a football gathering where you have a group of men out there, a very small number that need desperate rest and a whole bunch of people need desperate exercise. It's reversed. I fear such is a situation of much of the church today. People just come in and out without any intention to be the church or to be doers of what they hear. But it's a time to get intellectual information and biblical knowledge and kind of just be equipped for the Christian crowd. In our last study, we looked at Nehemiah's call to serve in the capacity of servant leadership, which is the only type of leadership that is taught from Genesis to Revelation, by the way. A call to serve has to do with our attitude, viewing ourselves as servants. A Christian should serve all but never bow down to any. We bow down only to God, but we will serve all. A call to work has to do with our actions to accomplish the work of God. We put some shoe leather to the road, some sweat behind it. And so what we want to do is look at Nehemiah's call to work in the capacity of servant leadership here, verse 11 through 20. The scriptures are clear As to our call to work, we are to be diligent to follow every good work, 1 Timothy 5.10 says. We're to set ourselves apart for every good work, 2 Timothy 2.21 says. And we are made complete or mature in every good work, Hebrews 13.21 says. We will be rewarded by God according to our works, 
Revelation 22.12 says. So Nehemiah's call to work is characterized by three things here in verse 11 through 20. Let me read here, and then I will break it up. Verse 11 says, So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Then I arose in the night. I had a few men with me. I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, nor was there any animal with me except the one on which I rode. And I went out by the night through the valley gate of the serpent well and the refuse gate and viewed the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down and its gates were burned with fire. Then I went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal under me to pass. So I went up by the night by the valley and viewed the wall. Then I turned back and entered by the valley gate and so returned. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the others who did the work. Then I said to them, You see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste, and its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God which had been good upon me, and also the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, Let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to do the good work. But when Sambalat the Hornite, Tobiah the Ammonite, official, and Gershom the Arab heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said, What is the thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? And so I answered them and said to them, The God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we his servants will rise and build. But you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. Nehemiah's call to work is characterized by three things. A careful consideration of the task, verse 11 through 16. Secondly, a clear communication to the people, in verse 17 and 18. And then thirdly, a confident confrontation of opposition, verse 19 and 20. A careful consideration of the text. Notice the first and 11, Nehemiah was not a man in a hurry. Mark this well. Too often men rush into the work of God and the people are under pressure. It's easy to get ahead of God. It's easy to start taking control of the things that God began. The people needed rest from the journey, as you know, he's come a long ways. And the servant Nehemiah had to wait on God. That is so important. I have never been through this life. I had never been a Christian before he saved me. I don't know what he has. I have to go to him. I have to wait upon him. I have to let him lead me. Did you ever notice that Jesus was never in a hurry? Ever. Did you ever read in the gospel where Jesus running, sorry, sorry, I was late. Okay, where? He's never in a hurry. He's always right on time. Now, what would lead me to believe that he will be late now or that he's in a hurry now? 
He gives ample time for his work to be done because he begins to deal with the heart of man with sufficient time. And he calls men, he calls women, he calls a group of people to do a work. But it's according to his time. Notice in verse 12 through 15, Nehemiah viewed and assessed the work to be done. In verse 12, he chose a few capable men to aid him, assess the work, but he did not reveal all that God had laid on his heart to this point, which is good. There are some things that I can share as a leader when God begins the work, and there's some things that I'm not sure of, and I need to be quiet and just wait until God solidifies those things. Sometimes we get excited emotionally or we take control of the work that God is doing and we start declaring things that really God has not declared if we're not careful. We start building our own kingdom rather than the ministry that God has called us to. And so it's very dangerous. Notice he assessed the entire work from within and from without. Very thorough. It isn't just a shoddy look, but you examine everything you're looking at. God has called you. God has sent you. And in verse 15, he returned after the assessment. You remember Jesus regarding discipleship said this in Luke 14, 28. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it? So if God calls a man or a group of men or a church or whatever is going on, then he's going to direct that work and there will be an assessment of what's going on and we have to go back to the drawing board with God. Lord, okay, what do you want done? I remember this ministry, how it began. It just began as a Bible study in Alhambra, three people. I had no idea God's going to raise a church. I was just doing a Bible study. I was on staff at Calvary Chapel, West Covina. And I just took it a week at a time and we went on and pretty soon God began to develop and show that he was beginning to raise a church up. And so then came the time when I just stepped out on Sunday morning and we stepped out in June and we had our first Sunday service and we kept that till September and we never went back to the home. Quit West Covina and I just came out. But it took time and I had to keep going back to God. I had no idea at first. But God began to reveal these things. But there's a cost, and you, you count that cost, and you look at things, and, and you make sure that God is the one who's directing, not just yourself. Notice in 16, Nehemiah wanted to share the vision, but had not done so yet. The officials did not know where he had gone or what he had done. He had not yet told the Jews, priests, the nobles, the officials, and others who did the work. And this is important. Sometimes to share everything or to just, you got to wait and let God do it as a leader. Because you're waiting for his time and you're waiting for him to direct your steps. Because you don't know the end from the beginning. Years ago it was announced that General Booth of the Salvation Army was losing his sight and that his days of youthfulness were over. After many weeks of seclusion, this Christian hero of 80 years appeared, having had one eye removed and possessing only imperfect vision in the other. To an audience over 4,000 in London, he spoke 
for an hour and a half. He said, quote, I want to do more for humanity. He said, and I want to do a great deal more for Jesus. There are thousands of poor, wretched, suffering, sinning people crying out to us for help. And I want to do something for them. The Salvation Army has come a long ways. It's not what it used to be. It's called the Salvation Army, and they wore a military uniform to an extent because they were soldiers of the cross. They preached the gospel. They knew that that was the forefront of their proclamation, not simply helping people. We must be careful not to be in a hurry to do the work of God until we have waited on God. We already saw in chapter 1 how Nehemiah was a man of prayer and he waited upon God all those months before we make decisions, before we do different things. Now there are times when God will lead you and you know that God is in and you make that decision right there. But for the most part, we seek the Lord and we wait upon him for him to direct us a step at a time. We are not to become presumptuous. We're not to become arrogant, thinking that we can do the work of God in our own energies, our own abilities. And therefore, when God calls you to do the work, whatever it may be, he will be the one that's going to open those doors and bring the people and provide the finances without any pressure, without any begging, without any marketing, without anything else. If God's in something, then God makes it work. We must be keen observers regarding the work, depending and expecting God to guide us and speak to us. I get up every morning. I believe God is going to speak to my heart, direct, and guide me. And what happens that day, I believe, is the hand of God upon my life. Whether it's an interruption, whether it's bad news or good news, I believe God's in it that day, and I try to follow his lead. And then I take the next day, and then I go to bed again, and I take the next day, (laughs) one day at a time. And you and I have to trust the Lord to lead and guide us as we get into his word, as we pray, as we step out of faith, and we make ourselves available to what he presents to us for that moment, for that day. So that he can use us and he can work with us. I, I said last week that it's a lot easier to steer a moving object than one that's stand, sitting still, right? Or standing still. And I made, gave you the illustration of the old times in the 60s when we didn't have power steering. And you had the parallel park. You wanted to make sure the car was moving. It's a lot easier. If it wasn't moving, man, you had some guns by the time you got out of there. So it's a lot easier to steer that moving object. And God directs and calls, and as you're moving, he directs and guides. In fact, the scriptures tell us that he guides the kings of the earth like the rivers, right? We must not be too quick to share all that God is sharing with us until it's time. Lest we misunderstand God or misrepresent him. Like Joseph in the dreams. He spoke the interpretation of the dreams, and they came true. But then he says, now you remember me. (laughs) God allowed the beggar to forget because it wasn't God's timing, you see. And there's always a danger for us to want to hurry the things of God, so we have to be careful. The scriptures say that 
where there is no revelation or prophetic vision, the people perish. God's timing is very important for his work, Proverbs 29, 18. It is his work. So it must be done according to his timing. Too soon can hinder the work. Too late can miss the work. The right time will ignite the work. So we have to be in pace with God. And we're all in the same boat. I don't have a hot line to God. (laughs) We all have the same disposition. We're all sons and daughters of God, and we have the one channel, prayer, and seeking them in the word of God. Burnout is not a biblical term. It began to be thrown around in the early 70s. But it's a modern-day sociological, psychological term. It is the result of overcommitment by prideful confidence of one's flesh. Burnout. Not the call of God. For God gives the sufficient time enabling to accomplish the call. He's not the author of confusion. If he calls you, he will direct and guide you. He will give you the necessary time and the necessary provisions. Your responsibility and mine is to stay in step with God. Unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. Burnout is not a biblical term. Jesus didn't burn out. Paul didn't burn out. Now, I get tired in the work at time, but I don't get tired of the work. <laughs> but I can bite out more than I can chew, right? And that's my fault. That's not God's. Burnout is beginning in the spirit and ending in the flesh, Galatians 3.3. 3. It's good that you begin in the spirit, but you have to finish in the spirit. You have to continue. A call to work is characterized by a careful consideration of the task. Secondly, a call to work is characterized by a clear communication to the people. Verse 17 and 18. If the work of God is going to get done, the leader must communicate it clearly to the people. That's the job of the pastor. Nehemiah, notice in verse 17, proclaims, the obvious need, the condition of the people in distress. The condition of the city, Jerusalem lies in waste and its gates are burned with fire. The call to work, come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. Very obvious. People can see it too. But God calls the leader to point the most obvious things out and to lead the people. We see it through Moses. We see it through Joshua. We see it through David. We see it through Peter. We see it through Paul. Now notice, still there in verse 18, Nehemiah proclaimed it was God's work. This is important. By the good hand of God upon him, This is what he said in chapter 1, verse 11 also, okay? The leader must always remind himself that this is God's work, not his. 
And he has to communicate that to the people and not just say it. Because a lot of pastors say it. And they use God's work for the kingdom they want to build. And they pressure, they prod, they manipulate people. Nobody should pressure you. Nobody should manipulate you. You should hear clearly the voice of God to what he calls you to do in that church. And then you need to do it passionately and wholeheartedly. But also by the king's favor on him, evidence of God's answer and mercy that is given to us from chapter 2, verse 1, on down to 8. And so he's pointing to confirmation that God has been directing and guiding him. Number one, it's, it's important for the leader to understand and to see that God is calling, directing, and anointing him. And then he has to remind the people that God is the one who has done this and show evidence that God is the one that's doing it. So that the people's confidence are upon God, not upon the man. Very important. Notice Nehemiah perceived the response of the people. The proclamation was voiced, let us rise up and build. Their preparation was tangible. They set their hands to do this good work. Very practical. God begins to work in their heart. The word set means to strengthen, to make firm their commitment. The word is used 12 times in Exodus to describe the condition of Pharaoh's heart against God. He set his heart hardened against God. Now this is in the positive. They set their hand to do the work of God. And it's an incredible thing when God works in the heart of people and they catch the vision and God's the one directing and they're coming to hear the voice of God. They're coming to serve God. They're not just coming to get information or to score the sermon, but their passion for God is ready to serve. And God begins to tie the hearts together and to do the things and direct and guide. And God is glorified. Notice their unity. Their common vision and purpose was a result of clear communication to the people. And as evident in chapter 3 as they divide up the work according to families. It was clearly communicated God was doing the work in the heart and they committed themselves to do the work. A leader needs to tell the people that it is the work of God and not his. But if he does, then he has to verify it by God's direction and provisions. So the true evidence of a leader who's being led by God is that when he proclaims what he believes God is leading to do is that then God opens those doors and he provides the things without prodding, pressuring, or manipulating people. There's the test. So that everybody sees that God is in the work and is not some man that's trying to build his own kingdom and is just a spiritual cheerleader from the pulpit. Very, very important. Pastor Xavier Reese, wrapping up our time today with a reminder that all we do for the kingdom is to the glory of God and not to ourselves. 
Now, you can hear this message again anytime online by simply selecting today's date at the radio listings link you'll find at calvarychapelpasadena.com. And there's more to come in this important study right here next time as well. Today's message is titled, A Call to Work, and is available, as always, on CD for only $4. And be sure to pass this along to your family and friends who do not yet know the Lord. Once again, the title to ask for is, A Call to Work, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's important that you tell us the call letters of this station when you contact us. We like to monitor the impact of this outreach. When the enemy attacks and you don't know which way to turn or where to go, Pastor Xavier Reese explains there's only one way to go. Learn more in his next study in the book of Nehemiah, right here on Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com